He's the brain behind the insightful book, Fitness Profits, and the voice of the popular Your Fitness Money Coach podcast. In this episode, I'm chatting with guest Billy Hoffacker, who has been owned a large and successful training studio for many, many years, and now has become a financial mentor for fitness professionals. Billy's story is full of valuable lessons. So whether you are just opening the doors to your studio or dreaming of taking it to the next level, this episode will inspire you to think a little differently. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm so, so glad that you're here with me today. I really love doing episodes like this where I get to chat with uh, fellow folks from the industry and get to bring them into your world as well. Um, and every now and again, I get the introduction to um, some really interesting people who've had some um, a journeys that I feel are going to give you inspiration, but also a lot of insight into um, the different paths that we all take in our journey um, in the business world. And I'm joined today with uh, by Billy Hoffacker, who is the owner and coach of Total Body Bootcamp and Performance Center. It's based in New York and was opened in 2014. Now, today, Billy is based in Tennessee, and he is a successful author, uh, a professional martial artist and host of the Your Fitness Money Coach podcast. Now, we got to chatting all about the overlap between running a studio business um, while you're in it, growing it, and then perhaps leaving it for someone else to 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 run from afar um, and wearing all the hats. So I know this is going to be a fabulous conversation. I'm so, so glad that you're here with us, Billy. Thank you and welcome. I am super duper pumped. I couldn't sleep last night. I'm so excited. I will say full disclosure, I've never done Pilates, but I, I, I want to. It's on my bucket list to do Pilates. Oh, it, it is the most humbling of all sure. the exercises out there, I think. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Was it was one of the one of the reasons that got me, you know, stuck on it in the beginning was I was big into, you know, I did a lot of triathlons and long distance running and all those things. And I was like, yep, I'm going to take a Pilates class. I could probably do a little bit more of that type of movement. And mm -hmm. that first session, I was like, what? just happened. <laughs> That's cool. You never know. You never know what's going to happen when you try something. You try something new. I know. Yeah. So I was, I was hooked. I was hooked from that very first session. So yes, I encourage you to give it a try. Awesome. Um, I would love for you to share with us all a little bit about how you got started and your journey over the past few years and where you're at today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, 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 I've never done anything different. I've done different aspects of the business, but I, I don't know. I think it might be a little uncommon is that I've never had a quote unquote real job. I started off, I knew that I wanted to do something that involved the body, something that involved perhaps some science. 
I knew that I really enjoyed helping people. And I, I saw the difference that fitness made in my own life uh, without going too in the weeds. Uh, I was I was kind of scrawny. Uh, I was athletic, but kind of scrawny. There was a little bit of bullying, I'll just say. And I had a deep desire to improve myself, to get stronger. And like a lot of people, I just saw the power of that, the confidence that came with it, the focus that came with it. So I knew, I didn't know exactly what. I thought maybe physical therapy. I even thought about medicine for a little while. And really at an early age, as soon as I was allowed, I think I had to be 18 years old to get certified. I probably signed up on my 18th birthday. I ended up getting certified. I, I got, thankfully, I was able to uh, get a mentor and he was the owner of a local gym. And I really never looked back. There, of course, there's been lots of ups and downs, twists and turns along the way. Uh, and I've done, again, a lot of variety within the scope of fitness. Uh, but going back, I know you said 2014 on the intro, uh, which is true for my current facility, but I actually opened up my my first one in 2010. And um, that was a quote unquote boot camp. I saw the the power, I guess, I, I don't know exactly the how the Pilates model works, um, but of course, just like any other sort of service, you can go one-to-one, -one, you can go one-to-many, you can go one-to-a-small group. So I have lots of experience with the different models over the years, and that's been something that has evolved as well. And yeah, here we are today. So what does the business model look like today that you are in your fitness facility? And because you're not actually there right now. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and, and that's a, that's a common uh, thing that, that people ask me about. And I think in my case, because I had strong roots, and I'm not saying it couldn't be done otherwise, but I, I do doubt the ability for me to randomly open up a facility in, in a totally different area right now. Uh, but I had strong roots there, lots of relationships. I had a long track record at that location. So I think that makes things very different. And for now, and now I still have those relationships. I'm still able, uh, of course, with my team uh, to keep things going smoothly. Uh, but as far as the model that has evolved, as I mentioned in 2010, I mean, it all started because a few years prior to that, I, I have a passion, as you mentioned in the intro of martial arts, and I was a professional martial artist, which just meant that I was competing. Yes. Uh, but the professional side was more teaching. I was managing facilities, uh, which the experience for sure held me down the road. I was doing that. Things were going well. I had a, a pretty good setup. I was enjoying it. But I always had that itch to also work with people on the fitness side, helping different types of people, maybe people that weren't going to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which was my chosen martial art. Uh, so I had continued to do that. I was doing that on the side. Things got busier. I started getting, like we all do, more responsibility. I ended up uh, not only meeting my my future wife, but getting married shortly after. And we eventually wanted to start a family. So I did have to make some decisions in terms of where was I going to focus? I, I had gone back and forth. Was I going to be a lifelong professional martial artist? And they, that's not a bad thing. Or was I going to pursue this other passion? Uh, so I started doing both. I was doing both. I was doing it on the side and things started going really well. Uh, that's before I I, I I kind of opened up my facility. I, I was subleasing at the time uh, because that's kind of uh, something that I do recommend for people that really want to do anything big to take that small step. You know, we we think sometimes that it's either it's either yes or no, this or that. Sometimes it's like I can dabble just to see, and I've done that in a lot of different areas. Uh, so that's what I did. I, I did a sublease, and it wasn't a major commitment. It wasn't something that would have uh, ruined me had it not worked out. And right place, right time. And of course, I could take all the credit, but a lot of it was just the way it worked out. It really took off. 
Uh, it was um, really special. Uh, people were really enjoying it, referring people. That was that was large group. So we called it a boot camp, and it was you know one to many, and it was a really profitable model. It really served uh, me well. the The market was generally a younger crowd, and it was a great atmosphere. Uh, over time, uh, things progressed, and I became less and less passionate about that model. Which and there's lots of little lessons wrapped up in the story. It was the idea that it wasn't just about the money. Because if I was only concerned about money, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I did have some forethought, and I thought, like, hey, eventually, I, I don't know how this is going to go in the long, long term. But with that said, it was really profitable. I mean, you could do the math. I wish we were charging $200 per month per person. And it was one coach not not making a you know a huge amount for the session, and we'd have lots of people. I mean, sometimes not often, but sometimes we'd have as much as like forty people in there. So it was really really good. And uh, but one day I walked in. I had already from from an early point, I decided that I wasn't gonna make the business about me. It wasn't gonna be centered around me. It was gonna be to develop a brand. And that's what I did from the start. I, I tried to bring in a team as 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 soon as it made sense. Didn't always get that right, uh, but that was what I was going for. And one day I walked in, it was like the middle of a session and I didn't like what I saw. I didn't like the way people were doing things. I didn't like the way they were being coached. And it was nobody's fault. I don't think the the coach was doing anything wrong. It was just, there's, there's just a certain limitation when it comes to that many people and one coach. And yeah, I could have brought in more coaches and all of that. Uh, but long story short, I decided to uh, transition the model and we introduced this idea of a small group. And this was pretty early on. I know now it's like really, really common, but this is over 10 years ago. It wasn't quite as common. And uh, we did one to four. And then we, then we ended up opening up a second facility. And at the second facility, because we had had that experience doing the larger group, we thought that uh, we can get a sweet spot there, like one to eight. And while I don't really recommend that for people that I coach, uh, it worked for us just because we had that background and that culture and that and uh, those skill sets. And uh, that's kind of what we did. And we've been all over the map, anywhere from one to six, one to seven. So that's where that's where we're at currently is that smaller model, like one to six, one to seven. Yeah. And I think if you, you know, I see that a lot in the Pilates world where you have got classes of, of around those numbers. And I think it can be very powerful to have small groups like that come together. I think it creates such a strong sense of community and support for each other um, and a lot of camaraderie, um, seeing sort of similar people or the same people in, in the same group um, on a very consistent basis. And if it's priced right, it can be an incredibly lucrative business model as well. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a lot of parallels there for sure. Absolutely. And another thing that I look at is the simplicity of it. And I know that's important for people is is because, yeah, we can have this business and make a lot of money, but if it's driving us crazy because there are so many moving parts, at, at some point there's there's those diminishing returns where, hey, I'd rather for it to be, I could probably add different services and perhaps make more money, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I just need to make a certain amount there and I'd rather have it run like clockwork. Oh, absolutely. Now, there's always that temptation, isn't there, to add you know, an additional revenue stream or you see someone else doing something and you say, oh, that looks like something that, you know, my clients would like, or I know my clients would like that. And I'll sh I should offer that as well. And, you know, I see that I've seen that happen very, very frequently. And it oftentimes one of two things happens. One is, is either the, the, 
there's no one in the business that is truly in love with whatever that new thing is. So they don't put quite as much passion behind it as perhaps other things that they already have established in their business. Um, you know, or it just is feels such so burdensome and so heavy and, and such like an extra weight that it never gets kind of to get that momentum and um, it creates a lot of sort of complexity and, you know, clients get confused, which package should I buy? Which class should I go to? Which trainer should I work with? And all of a sudden there's all these layers to something that um, creates a lot of friction. And I think that really causes quite a lot of stress, right? Yeah, it's such a good point. I, I think that's just a really good takeaway for people. It, and it's something that you never, I don't think you ever really get past. I think if you have that entrepreneur's mind, you're always going to be tempted. I, I just kind of chuckled to myself when you're talking because like literally right before the podcast, I got an email from somebody and I clicked the link and they're doing this whole thing where they have, it looked like they have like different food that they're making for clients and they're doing all these other, and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. We can probably do that. And they're like, and I had to like slap myself. No, you know? And so it's, it's like, I, I think you, you're always at risk for that. So I think it's a really good reminder just to stay in your lane, stay focused, not worry about what everybody else is doing. Try to be the best in the world at what you're doing and you're, you're going to do well with that approach. Yeah, absolutely. So at some point you had decided to shift your focus and direction, because your focus today is on helping fitness professionals manage money and their financial um, freedom. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like and what kind of brought you to the place that you're at today. Yes, absolutely. So what happened was, I think going back to around anywhere from 2015, might've been a little early, but 2016, 17, 18 for sure, we had the the two facilities on Long Island, and we were doing some other things, and things were really humming. And like a lot of uh, fitness business owners, ended up in a lot of different mastermind groups and different conferences. And uh, so people would start asking questions like, "Wow, you you have multiple facilities. You know uh, what are what are you doing? What kind of systems are you running?" So that ultimately led to me wanting to help them uh, with their business. I created what was called the small facility system, which was essentially uh, A to Z. It was almost like a licensing program where it was location specific and it gave them the full rundown of how we do things. That was fun. That was great. Uh, people that signed up for that course ended up reaching out to me, asking if I could do some private coaching, which... I never saw myself at that point as like a real, you know, as a like a full on business coach, but it was like, it was a nice thing to do in addition to what I was doing. I had maybe a handful of clients. And then as the conversations continued, the topic of money was coming up more and more. And uh, Sarad, I had, I had this little secret. It wasn't really a, a, a secret that was intentional. I, I don't think, but I had this little secret that I had this completely life-changing moment when it came to my own finances. And the more I started sharing a little bit about my story, the more the conversations continued, whether it was on a one-on-one -on -one setting or at live events. And quite honestly, one day I was driving, I was actually driving to the bank, I was driving from my house to the bank and I had a podcast on and the the guest on the show that I was listening to he just made a, like a basic comment and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He said, there is something that you have done or overcome in your life that you could help others with and you need to make sure that you're not 
holding back on that. And you need to, the, you know, the world needs you basically. And it was just the right time, right place. When I heard that, I just knew, I kind of knew my path was changing. And that's, uh, that's how I started on that journey. That was right around COVID. It was after COVID. It was the summer of the COVID year. So it was 2020. And that's when the Your Fitness Money Coach uh, podcast started. And then I created an eight-week uh, financial course for fitness professionals, and that also led to more coaching, and and that's kind of where we are today. And then I, I ended up moving, and that's what happened this last year. Amazing. So now you're managing your f- fitness facility from a thousand miles away and supporting fitness professionals to improve their relationship with money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what, what happened was this was going back. It was all interesting. There's all these sort of intersections. So going back to, let's say it was, it was right before all of this. So it was around 2010. And what was interesting was I, I, I could, not, not that I would ever do this, but I could like lie, quote unquote, and, and say that, you know, I had all this financial trouble in my business and I did all these amazing things. That's not exactly what happened. To be honest, the financial trouble I had was all prior to the to the business career that we just talked about. And in fact, that it was kind of like the opposite, like that financial journey actually helped me run a better business. What happened was it was 2010. I had, um, you know, I, I'd been, you know, again, a fitness professional, personal trainer for over 10 years. I was married to the one woman of my dreams. I was doing work that mattered. I was, I was really getting to help people with their fitness and one day, it's early in the morning. It was around seven o'clock or in the morning, and I was getting ready for work. And we had we had at the time a high ranch house I'm upstairs in, in the kitchen. And I hear a, a knock on the door, which was shocking that early in the morning. Surprised, I walked down the steps, opened the door, and there was this big, muscular guy on my stoop. He had tattoos all over his face and piercings everywhere. He turned out to be like the nicest, sweetest guy, but I, I always like to add that to for, for, dra, for dra, dramatic effects. But as I looked past him, I saw my my brand new white, not my white uh, Porsche or Ferrari or anything like that. My white Honda Accord was hooked up to his tow truck. My car was being repossessed. And that was what I call like my first financial awakening where uh, it was obviously a really difficult time. I was shocked, believe it or not. You would think that that somebody in that position would kind of know it's coming. I didn't. My head was buried under the sand. I had swept all my problems under the rug. And here I was left with a pile of dirt. And I dug into things and I discovered that uh, my wife and I were $130,000 of non-mortgage uh, debt uh, that we had, that we had. It was up to our eyeballs. We couldn't talk about money without arguing. We were losing hope. And it was at that point that we started making a change. Um, so this has a really happy ending, thankfully, uh, after uh, you know, creating a plan, putting in place. The business was a good vehicle to help us because, because one of the components to building wealth, getting some more freedom is, of course, uh, what you're bringing in. Uh, so that is important, but it's not the only thing. Uh, there are plenty of people that are bringing in a lot of revenue don't have a lot to show for it, and they're not getting ahead financially. Uh, so again, after doing all those things and Five years, we, we we were able to pay off the the hundred and thirty thousand, and then this past uh, year, we were able to uh, to pay off even more for a total of four hundred and seventy thousand, which included the house and everything. And uh, so through that journey, uh, I learned quite a bit. And again, it wasn't all straight uphill. There were definitely some ups and downs, 
Uh, but now I'm really passionate about helping people with, uh, you know, just just improving their lives, whether that's uh, joining their career more, whether that's uh, building some wealth, savings, getting out of debt, uh, all, all of those things, improving the finances of their business, getting some clarity around what's coming in and what's going out and helping them make sure that their dollars are going to a place that's going to benefit them. Right, exactly. And I think that when it comes to you know, those sorts of conversations around money and making money and keeping money and spending money and investing money. Um, you know, I think everyone comes at it with a, a very different perspective. Um, and we don't often, I think, realize just how different all each of our relationships and perspective is um, around money. And even people who have grown up under the same roof of the same house will have different spending habits, right? And and see money differently. And, and I think that, you know, at some point um, as a business owner, you kind of have to um, deal with whatever that relationship with money looks like, because it is t- it 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 is easy to ignore because it's kind of a, it reflect you you are doing a lot of bit of a little bit of self reflection, um, but you know I'm sure you work with a lot of 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 personal trainers that you know set their own prices or set prices for their team and so on and you know it it I think brings up a lot of stuff right um and so you know it's if if anyone is listening to this and feels like they're kind of like figuring trying to figure something out or they're perhaps just kind of not dealing with it then i just don't you're not alone this is something that i think everybody kind of has to go through as a bit of a process and so what kind of advice would you give to people who perhaps are feeling like a lot of burden or having sort of some sort of blockages around maybe pricing or how much they're charging um, and how to talk about pricing with their clients. Uh, what's interesting, uh, based on what you're saying there, is it's kind of what I really like about it. And I'm a little weird, of course, um, that I like talking about money. And I just find it so fascinating because it does touch on so many things. I, I like money not because of the money, which is so interesting. It really has very little to do with the actual money. It's We all know money is a tool, right? But it's also like what it does for our relationships, like how I relate to my children about money, how I relate to my wife about money, how I relate to myself about money. This is kind of what you're saying. And those are the kinds of things that are transformative. And that's why it's so powerful. That's why in some ways, and I, I, I'm, I'm always going to be a fitness professional. I love fitness. I work out every day. It's a huge part of who I am. And I don't like to compare them because they're like comparing two babies, but there is something a little bit different about money where it just touches other areas. It's so emotional and it can be such a powerful thing. Uh, but to answer your question about what can people do that are maybe struggling with maybe you know what they're worth or what they're charging, I, I will concur with what you said in that it's really important to know that you're not alone. We all do that. Like One of the things I do is I'll put... I'll put my own assumptions onto other people, which is a mistake. Uh, and that is like, hey, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't pay for my training, right? right. Maybe, it's just, maybe I'm just not my target market, or maybe I, I'm motivated to do it. So therefore, somebody else. Meanwhile, people here. Here's a good takeaway: people get to decide how they want to spend their money, and we don't have to worry about it. Uh, somebody might decide to buy a Lamborghini, and who are we to say? that they should or they shouldn't. Is there a really good reason to buy one? Maybe for them there is, maybe I wouldn't, and that's okay, right? We're all different and we get to get to decide that. I had a guy on my podcast yesterday where his average training client is paying $900 a month and 
that's a lot of money for a lot of people, but he has a lot of clients paying it and they're happily paying it and they're staying for six years. So just knowing that their mindset is not your mindset. There are so many different factors that you may or may not know. They may have lots of wealth. They may have a really high income and it's a really small percentage of their income uh, compared to what, what we're thinking. I think you have to learn at some level how to coach yourself, how to recognize when you're having some of those, you know, quote unquote, those, those unhealthy thought patterns of, you know, this, I'm not worth it, or this person is not going to pay it. They're going to say, no, it's like recognizing those and like labeling them for what they are, which are distortions uh, because we're not mind readers. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what the other person's thinking as I, again, some level is coaching yourself and then really, really thinking about the facts. So what are the facts? Uh, so I've never done Pilates as I, as I mentioned, uh, but what would I get out of that? Like, even for me, like I probably would get a really life altering experience because it's something that's new to me. It's something that would be exciting. Like, how do I put a price tag on that? How much is that worth? What about the physical benefits? Uh, what about the fact that I'm going to become more flexible or mobile? I'm going to become stronger. Um, I'm going to gain all these benefits. And then we can go even deeper. Uh, we are, I'm going to become a better person because now I'm developing discipline. And now my, I mean, you can keep going, right? Now yeah. my kids are going to be so better much. off. And, yeah. Yeah. And how much, how much is that worth? Is it worth a hundred dollars? Is it worth $500? Like how much is it worth? You know, so really thinking through that as an exercise um, and then looking at what people are, what are people willing to invest? And I, I can tell you that as a coach, they are willing to invest quite a bit more than we think. So doing all those exercises, really being your 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 best coach, you know, cheering yourself on, looking at the the client results you're getting. Are people telling you that they feel better? I mean, we get we get routinely people saying, you know, I've never stuck with a fitness program in my entire life. Now I'm 60 years old and I've gone I've come for the last 2 years. That's powerful. How much is that worth? That person may avoid some pretty bad diseases. Uh, they have a better quality of life. Uh, so it's kind of just keeping those things front and center, perhaps before you're going to do a consultation or you're in a sales scenario. It's thinking about those things, thinking about the benefits that you provide, thinking about your training. Okay. Maybe you have a certification, uh, maybe you're training under Saran or, or whatever it is that you're doing. Those things are valuable and uh, you deserve to be compensated for that. You deserve to be paid as a professional. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's, I always say to my studio owners that I work with that other people's bank balances are none of our business. Uh, yeah, we should exactly. never, we should not, it's not our business, how they spend it or what they spend it on all, but it is really important that you set your pricing in a way that supports your business growth and the bottom line that you need in order for you to be able to build the business that you want. Right. So we tie a lot into it. And and it, it like you said, it's a tool at the end of the day. And I love to use pricing as a tool. It's one of, I think, the easiest tools that you can play with in your business to kind of to uh, to drive business and, and to see what works. It's, it's one of the tools that we have at our fingertips. But um, and it is, you know, we, we kind of get you can get hung up on a lot of things around that topic if you allow yourself to. And I think that's where that awareness has to come first of like, what what am I making pricing mean? Right. And it doesn't have to mean anything. In fact, it means nothing really. It's just a tool. Like, you know, you have your website, you have your pricing. Yeah, <laughs> you it's know? good. 
And this is, this is a part of doing business. Um, and your value and your self-worth is different. And that is also different to the value that you deliver in your business, right? So there's a, we, we kind of t- like to kind of put all it in one basket and like put it all together and clump it together. But there's, it's all these different things, really. And I think um, the awareness of that is the first step. And like you said, then being able to self-coach yourself when you realize you're in that situation, you're having some thoughts that are perhaps holding you back or might not be constructive, I should say, um, then, you know, that's that's a great skill to be able to have, right? Really great skill. It is. It's su- it's such a good topic because, like you're saying, people uh, they, they they will pay. I think about it, as I'm getting older. It's like, what's the money for? Like, what, you know, like like if it's not worth to spend money on my health and the quality of my life, like what else am I doing with it? I mean, at the end of the day, like how many things are more important than that? Totally, and I think there's more and more we are seeing the you know a shift in. Um, in the same direction, amongst you know the general population, have f- seeing the the need to invest in their health and fitness and their emotional health and mental health as well. And I think that you know we're seeing more and more conversations around you know not just fitness and you know it's we're shift you know the whole all the co- I mean I very very rarely have conversations with friends of mine outside the industry or friends of mine inside the industry on fat loss or weight loss these days, unless someone is in a very extreme situation with their health. It is more and more and more focused on healthy health, wellness, well-being, movement practices, and not calorie counting or, you know, things, things that kind of have, have, have come and been very present in our industry for such a long time. But the focus increasingly is on overall longevity, wellness, well-being, and health and happiness. And, you know, all of those things kind of fit together. And we're seeing that not just with sort of the people who are perhaps thought leaders in the industry, but with, with you know, having these conversations with people across the board in different parts of the world, different parts of the country, different demographics, different interests. Um, so that is certainly something that we're seeing. And I think that's only a good thing for for everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's good to think about in terms of messaging, right? Like what kind of things are you maybe posting on social media? What kind of things, again, depending on your clientele, right? But if they're like most people, they are thinking that way now. So the more you can angle things that way, maybe you're sharing stories about it. Maybe you're talking about those benefits that might resonate more with your potential client. So it's, it's really is a, a, a powerful, a powerful thing. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about where people can learn a bit more about what you do and find you online. Very cool. Yeah. So I am trying to be a little more active with, uh, we talked about this offline, right? We're not like these huge uh, social media people, but we're trying to uh, get a little more uh, active on there. So you can definitely connect with me on Instagram. I, I love to connect. I do have my own podcast, as you mentioned, Your Fitness Money Coach podcast. And other than that, I will say that uh, I am one of my big goals for the year is to do more writing. So I'm sending almost a daily newsletter. Uh, so I'd love for if anyone's interested to get on that, um, just um, just reach out to me and I can either add you or um, I also am more than happy to share uh, the the book that you mentioned, a uh, digital copy, and that'll give them the book and then also get them on uh, my, my my list just to kind of keep uh, keep up with what I'm what I'm doing. Yeah. And your book is Fitness Profits. Yes. Fitness Profits, a simple plan for achieving financial freedom. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I will add all of the links to all of the things in the show notes. Um, I want to thank you so much, Billy, for joining us here today and for sharing your story and your insights. Well, I can't thank you enough for, for having me on and exposing me to the uh, the audience. And I love the work that you're doing. The uh, Somebody so real and genuine and doing great work. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know that our paths will cross again soon. And this is a topic and uh, that uh, we, we will keep coming back to because there's always, always more work to be done. Always more work to be done. So thank you. Awesome. I hope this was helpful to you as you go about building your boutique fitness studio business. If you loved what you heard today, I'd be so appreciative if you could go and take a quick minute and go to wherever you're listening to rate and review this podcast. It really would mean so much to me and would help to get it out there into our community of amazing studio owners and teachers just like you so that they can feel encouraged and supported on their journey in our industry. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm -hmm.